it seems like a lot of podcasters who make weekly, bi-weekly, or even monthly shows eventually experience something similar. In some way or another, their show changes over time. In the case of Sam Sethi, that meant merging Podland Daily with Pod News Weekly. As much as I would enjoy having that conversation, it wouldn't have longevity as a podcast. It would probably be a season, probably get through 30 or 40 influences of interest, and the repetition would be quite high because most people will say the same thing. Either it's a, you know, a road mic or a shore mic, and then it'd be like, oh, right, okay, well then, let's not ask that question for the 50th time. Next, he and Matt catch up for a conversation about how a show has changed. My name is Stuart, and this is Audience, a Castos original series for podcasters in the pursuit of creating better audio and uncovering the business that powers audio creators. Speaking of making better audio, Castos can help. With our team of professionals, we can help you make your show. Add in our suite of integrative tools like Stripe or our private podcasting app, and Castos has everything you need to bring your podcast to life. Learn more by emailing hello at castos.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes. So if you follow Podland and Pod News, you may have noticed some recent changes. Our executive producer, Matt Medeiros, caught up with Sam Sethi to chat about it. I, like a lot of folks in the podcast industry, were like, episode 100, Sam's going away. Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. What, what, no. what did you do with Podland and why? James gave me an ultimatum. It's going under my brand or you can leave. No, it didn't, though. I think it was a case of James had been to Dallas and people were getting confused between, oh, yeah, I listened to your thing called Podland Daily and, and, and Pod News Weekly. And, and, it was, and James was like, no, 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 no. Pod News Daily is this and Podland is over here. And so James said, look, should we just put it under one brand? I went, yeah, I'm not bothered. Let's cool. So we're now... Pod News Daily, which James does, and then Pod News Weekly, which James and I do once a week. So Pod News Weekly, if you've not heard it, uh, so, it, you know, you have Pod, we have, we, the collective industry, have Pod News, where it's uh, a daily flash of three to five minutes, depending on what the news is, headlines talking about what's happening in the podcast space. Podland was always the, ex- in my eyes, how I had seen it, was always the extension of that, of going deeper on the topics that were uh, the bigger topics of the week. Now all under one roof, branding changed, all of that stuff changed. I also noticed the the format of the show changed. So a slight change in audio design, you know, segment transitions and all that stuff. Was that just like right off the cuff and it just happened in the next episode? Or did you guys spend some time like thinking about how that transition it uh, was no. made? Because it was pretty impactful. Small changes, but it was impactful for me as a as a weekly listener. Oh, thank you. No, um, we, we didn't spend a lot of time doing that. We both got radio backgrounds. So both of us have been live radio presenters. We're used to that type of setup. And we've also realized that we want to make it smaller and tighter. Um, we want to make it less verbose. People's time is precious. So the average podland was about an hour, but it then started going longer. And James was getting more upset with me for for interviewing people much longer. Seems so James said, is the root of all of these issues. <laughs> <laughs> He's the boss. Um, so 
it, it, it fundamentally said, look, if we're going to change the name of the show, let's tighten it up. Let's make it a little bit more, you know, in the format that we wanted to make it from day one. I know you took a little bit of flack from uh, somebody that you guest hosted with on the audience podcast, Adam Curry, yes. uh, about <laughs> the editing through Descript and stuff like that. Descript now recently launched a, a new version, announced some massive round of funding. I think you might be speaking to them in the future. Literally um, straight after this interview. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, are you still using all that tooling? And, and how did you adjust as a, pod, a seasoned podcaster slash radio person when you, when you heard some of that feedback? No, it's good. I always, look, being a radio presenter is fine. I mean, that, that's something that you either can do or you don't. And being live is fun. It, it gives you that extra edge. But actually editing with Descript, you know, it is a fine line between over-editing and over-umming and erring and de-erring and doing all of that stuff and having some natural voice. I think I don't go to the edge where Adam says do no editing and Todd is no edit. I mean, yes, he's done 1,600 shows and he hasn't edited one of them, so that's fine. But we do actually pre-record because James is in Australia and I'm in the UK, so we, we, we don't really see... Sadly, we would do it live, but America's asleep and that's the biggest audience that we have. So it would make no sense to uh, talk to three people in America at two in the morning, which is what it would be for them. So we do take that opportunity to edit. But no, look, I'm very open to people more experienced, more knowledgeable than me, like Adam, giving me feedback that maybe I should push back on it. So James now actually, to be fair, does the editing for pod news weekly as well so he's a little bit less tighter on the ums the ers the you knows the what's and i do the interview editing so we split it up that way yeah you know as somebody who uses descript to edit one of my shows and produce one of my sh- by personal shows not at audience Stuart is on the call he's he's the guy in charge of that if he if he saw me slide descript onto the screen he would throw something at me, but uh, for the novice editor and slash producer, it works really well for me. And as somebody who listens to many forms of podcasts, I actually didn't mind that the, that edit. And I know we're getting in the weeds here, but audience is about creating podcasts for folks. Um, I didn't mind the hard edit of Descript because the context of the show to me is the discussion around news topics. So I was never like, oh, like I feel like I'm missing something. Like, no, it's like your point of view, James' point of view, discuss, you know, headline, move to the next. And I really appreciated that, right? But I understand also that preserve the nuances of the human voice because my God, AI is taking over everything. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so just as, as a side note, like it never really bothered me. Uh, and I, Thank you. I, I appreciate it under that context. But now, personally, let's transition to what you're going mm-hmm. to do personally now. A couple months ago, you mentioned you were doing, you were, might go out and do another podcast. I won't say the name of it because maybe you're still going to do that other podcast. No, no. But- so, uh, yeah, I was going to do a podcast called Off the Mic, and it was really going to be getting people like yourself, Matt, to come on and talk about your life away from podcasting. And it was just going to be a fun, irreverent sort of, hey, Matt, you know, what's your favorite drink? How did you get into it? What's your, the standard questions we all get asked as podcasters, what's the best mic to use? Where, you know, should you use this, that and the other? So it was going to be that, but I realized that as much as I would enjoy having that conversation, it wouldn't have longevity as a podcast. It would probably be a season, probably get through 30 or 40 influences of interest 
and the repetition would be quite high because most people will say the same thing. Either it's a, you know, a road mic or a shore mic and then it'd be like, oh, right, okay, well then let's not ask that question for the 50th time. And so one of the things I did uh, before I joined James on Pod News was I had my own podcast called Sound Talks Technology. And just to wind back a little bit before that, I started TechCrunch Europe. So I was a blogger and a journalist talking to loads of startups. And I was an entrepreneur myself, having done three or four startups. So for me to go into doing TechCrunch and then be blogging about it, then to take that knowledge set and bring that into my first learning of podcasting about five, six years ago, was how I did it. So that got to over 150 episodes and I then joined James and I stopped that one. But I have an interest in technology outside of just podcasting, right? Yesterday and on this week's show for Pod News, we're interviewing Chris Messina, the guy who invented the hashtag. But Chris and I have known each other 25 years and Chris was working on something called Activity Streams um, 10 years ago with... Um, Kevin Marks, who's another friend, and Joseph Smarr, and we were all part of this network of people talking about microformats. And of course, it's all come back in because of Twitter and Mastodon. And there was no space for me to talk about that. There was no, that wasn't a conversation really that should fit naturally into pod news, um, is because it sort of is a bit about podcasting, but it's going away from it. But then I've got a great love for what's going on with Satoshi's and micropayment systems that has really again no real place in a native podcast podcast and so yeah sam talks technology is what's coming back so yeah i'm excited heck of a time to be revisiting technology and big tech i mean the the world is is these big tech companies are painting a, a picture that those of us that have been in tech for decades like both of you, you and i have um have seen the the rise and fall like the, the the lesson i always go back to is like remember facebook pages remember yes. when facebook was like get everybody to like a page and everyone said we're gonna get everybody to like a page and then you got a thousand people to like a page and they said guess what it's gonna, gonna be a nickel <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a nickel to reach every one of those people uh we'll let you reach them for 10 cents or 10 percent of them for free uh we've seen this story and i'm sure you have seen stories prior to in the golden age of uh, Linux, Microsoft, and that battle of the browser. Um, you know, what a time for centralized versus decentralized. It looks like the world needs decentralized everything. What's your take? Like, what, what do you see as uh, the next tech to emerge from this is podcasting going to explode from this are people going to revisit blogging and rss again like where do you see people falling on uh onto in the next in the coming months i, I don't see mastodon really taking over from twitter i think you know right now i i say elon's punch drunk with having got power but he'll sober up he'll realize that he fired some of the wrong people he'll realize that the blue tick has value and that he shouldn't have done what he did with it He'll, he'll come good, I think, or he'll, he'll be the first person to destroy $44 billion worth of value, right? So as much as I want an open distributed uh, ecosystem, I'm not sure that Mastodon's going to be it. They may be the, the son of Twitter. Maybe it's what, you know, Jack left, you know, with Twitter Blue, some of the Blue Sky stuff. Um, there's a great piece of technology called Nostr. I don't know if you've seen that's been going out. 
that may be interesting as a protocol. Um, but before all of that, before any of that distributed stuff happens, I think one of the things that the whole of the internet from day one, um, so I was lucky enough to be the product marketing manager at Netscape um, in the battle for, you know, the browser war. And Mark Andreessen said that his biggest mistake was never creating a micropayment system. And as a result, we ended up with advertising as a way of monetizing, or we ended up with hearts, likes and claps as a way of sentiment. Now, with micropayments and Satoshis and that, which I'm really excited about, and that works well within podcasting for value for value, but it also works outside of podcasting. I think that's the next 2023, 24 explosion in terms of consumer adoption of a new technology. I think that will be, you know, I remember saying to people, and you will know this, Matt, right? Yes, it's called a URL. Uh huh. HTTP. Yeah, I know. Stick with me. Colon forward slash forward slash. Yep. All the W's keep going. We're nearly there. Name of the place. Dot com. No. Dot com. No. But anyway, you'll get there, right? And I remember nobody thought that would ever catch on. And now it's second nature. Um, you know, so the language of Satoshis and, you know, invoices and digital wallets and all of that conversation is is geeky, but it's becoming simpler. It's it's the complexity is being hidden more and more each day to the point where actually I think going back to Elon, Jack left a micropayment system using Satoshis inside of Twitter. If he turns that on, potentially 300 million people will have a digital wallet using SATs. That could be a real game changer that ripples out across the whole industry. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so when we chatted last time, you, you probably don't remember. I, I've made a career in the WordPress space. I've covered WordPress yeah, on, my, well. uh, on my podcast. And one of the things as a diehard WordPress user, someone who loves the ability to create my own website, have my own blog, have my own podcast, um, open source, the community around open source, as much as I love all that and I'm an advocate for it, when you know, I'm in my co-working space right now. There's a bunch of other entrepreneurs in here. If somebody were walking in and saying, I need to start a business pod, uh, a business website, what do I turn to? I might second guess the WordPress recommendation only because I know the onboarding experience is hard. There's a learning curve. It's tech. And I don't know if this Twitter mass exodus to Mastodon is going to work out because I don't, under, I don't know if the common folks are ready to really give back to what makes open source work. And it's not just using the app, it's providing feedback, it's writing documentation, it's writing code, it's donating to the people who keep these these things alive. And as much as I want it to succeed, I feel like this is that uh, a, a steroid or an, an, an injection into taking common people into an open source world and them going, wait a minute, Where's all the shiny features that we had? Why can't I live stream? Why can't I do a Twitter space on Mastodon? And then everyone's going to go, yeah, I guess we'll go back to Twitter now. I'm not saying I want that. I would love everything to be open source, but I think that there is a good balance. Have you thought about like open source and are the common folks ready for it, for that experience yet? Well, that's the challenge we've got inside of podcasting, right? There's all of us looking at podcast namespace and adding all these great tags. And there's Spotify sitting in its closed wall going, nah, we're just going to make Anchor and we're going to load video and it can only play inside of us. No, we're not going to make it an open standard. No, we're going to do this. 
Uh, and that's exactly what happened with Netscape and Microsoft. I remember, you probably remember the term ActiveX. You know, this was going to be the plug-in architecture for the web and blah, blah, blah. And no, we were talking about HTML and they'd put in these proprietary tags and whatever. It's fundamentally open goes slower than close goes. And that's the problem. But eventually, like the tortoise and the hare, the tortoise does catch up and the hare burns out. And I think, you know, we've seen that in the browsers. We will see it with Spotify. Um, we do know, for example, Apple have now um, a little cracks appeared. They've put the first namespace tag in the Apple uh, ecosystem, podcast.txt. Amazing. Now, if they can do one namespace tag, they can do others, like the person tag and the transcript tag. So uh, we have a lot of hope that Apple could become that shining knight in armour who is on the open side of the conversation and leaves Spotify as this island on its own. Now, if that happens, it's a game changer. So, yeah, I, I, but equally, going back to Twitter, Matt, you know, it wouldn't take two seconds for... I don't know what your Mastodon handle is, but mine is at samsethi at podcastindex.social. Well, actually, at samsethi at twitter.com would be my Mastodon account if they enabled it, which wouldn't be a stretch that, you know, everyone understands what your at address is. So at address at Mastodon server isn't a hard thing to do, but it's just, it's new and people don't like new. Yeah. One of the things that, that I'm watching closely, again, being uh, in the WordPress space, but also uh, also related to, to Castos is automatic, right? So WordPress.com, WordPress.org, which is the open source side. Matt Mullenweg, who's the founder of that, who's also the owner of Pocket Casts and Tumblr. Um, and I saw sort of a spark in his uh, in his eyes, if I if I could say that through through the through the lens of Twitter, because now I see him starting to look at Tumblr as this is a this is a moment to strike uh, for revitalizing Tumblr, and I saw him looking into hey how can we best connect up to Mastodon because he gets it as much as I. Uh, struggle with you know some of the decisions he makes about open source WordPress. Uh, he gets open source, he gets the value of it, and I, and I hope that um, if he makes Tumblr this connection to Macedon, that's pretty cool. Tumblr has its own issues. Like I feel like I'm in like an anime comic book getting slapped around when I, when I open it up. Like I don't even understand what I'm supposed I don't to do think with I've this thing. Actually, open Tumblr for ten or twelve years or however long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like I try to use it and. Um, because I follow uh, automatic and stuff like that, but uh, I don't know how. But I, I would love a, a good steward of open source to to run a social platform, if that makes sense. And and I hope that I hope that we can see it. Um, do you get heavily involved on the in the podcast index Mastodon? Uh, heavily, no. I, I tend to have conversations with Dave and Adam off off Mastodon. Um, I'm working on a new platform I'm building, which is using a lot of the, those tools. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's something I can't talk about today. I'm sorry, but I will will talk about, I'm sure, very publicly soon. But yeah, a lot of that stuff. So I'm very, very engaged with what they're doing and why they're doing it. You know, um, And I think what Adam and Dave have, have done clearly for all of us, right, is reopened podcasting and made it interesting and made it exciting again and made it um, evolve. Apple, great stewardship, but they, they sort of rested on their laurels and 
Um, yeah, I think Spotify for the next, I mean, for the next couple of years, we are going to be fighting Spotify. They they will go faster than we can as the open source podcasting community because they can spin on a sixpence and turn new features on and give it to their whole audience. And we, we have to then, you know, agree as a community on that feature and then implement and that can take time. Yeah. There's a... Uh well, it's it's new. It's probably new to the listeners of this podcast, not new to you and I. But there's this uh, OP3, which is a, what we'll say. We'll we'll try to dumb it down. Is this open standard um, that is allowing podcast hosts uh, or podcasters, if your podcast host allows you to use a prefix, which Castos does, to opt into these analytics and to opt into. Right now, the gathering of analytical data uh, with no output yet. Uh, so it doesn't really serve a purpose other than it's almost like I'm donating my data to a cause. <laughs> uh, and hopefully, you know, one, once there's this substantial amount of information there um, and something can be done with it, number that's number one. Number two, uh, the more podcast hosts like Castos adopt it and podcast apps kind of talk to it, um, people can then draw up the beautiful graphs that uh, podcasters want to see, like, I don't know, time listened to an episode, how many subscribers you have. That's a fantastic initiative that's come out of it. My only worry and uh, I don't know what side you take, is the bus factor. Because <laughs> it's, it's led by one guy, John Spurlock. And what happens if John Spurlock gets hit by a bus? <laughs> you know, we have, we have this system that only he built. This is the beauty and the chaos of open source. One person can make this amazing thing, but it's this one person who made this amazing thing. I don't know if you have any thoughts or have thought about that in the context of podcasting is like, how can one person create this awesome thing, but we can all build upon it to make it a little bit more stable? Um, that's a pretty big question, but if you have any thoughts on that, that well, I'd love to hear it. I think you've said it just earlier in this interview, because it's open source and because everyone can see it and everyone can participate and everyone can contribute to it. Not wishing John to be hit by a bus at any time soon, <laughs> but if John was hit by a bus, everything that he's done to date is available. Whereas the engineer within Spotify gets hit by a bus, none of us get to see that, and can none of us can improve on it because he takes it with him, right? Or it stays within the walls of Spotify. So that is the benefit of open source. That yes, one person can lead the charge on it, but many of us can actually see the the logic, the thinking, and the output and interface to it as well as it goes along when we think we've got something to add value to. Speaking of value, monetization, obviously I think the thing that has you, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think the, one of the things that has you most excited in this space is the micropayments through Satoshi's over the Bitcoin highway, which I'll, which I'll call it. I really like what folks like Albie are doing. Uh, I've done a video on that, on setting up Albie uh, wallet to your Casos account. Uh, but I like... What Adam likes about it is when we look at stats and when we look at, hey, are people, you know, listening to the show? Are they engaged with the show? Is my show growing? One only needs to look at his or her pocketbook uh, and or wallet or bank account and say, I've got money in it. <laughs> and it, 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 that's the North Star, right? That's how I know people are engaged and listening. And I like what Albie's doing because you can kind of see that through their 
tooling to see, hey, somebody uh, boosted me at the two-minute mark. It must have been what I said here, or it could have been the opening to the show. So I know when people are really engaged, and by engaged, they're handing me money. Um, what's your outlook, and what's your hope for that? Is there, there should be uh, a cry for, for all podcast apps to support this from folks like you and I, but is that the next uh, speed bump we all have to get over, is getting one big app to do it? Not one big app. I, look, the first part is all the hosts need to support the value tag, right? And that isn't universal for some reason yet. Um, and there's this podcasting host initiative that's come about where, you know, Libsing, RSS.com uh, and Buzzsprout and various others have got together and said, look, we're going to help market, you know, the new stuff that's coming. It's not Dave and John's, um, Dave and Adam's job to market podcast namespace 2.0, right? They can help initiative it, but they can't market it. And so that may help. So the first thing is I want parity. I want all of these podcast hosts to put it in. RSS.com has it, but why hasn't Buzzsprout? Why hasn't Libsyn, right? So once you get that, that's the first step. The second step is, as I said, we talked about people understanding the vocabulary. It's, it's not difficult, but if you see a QR code, but it's called an invoice and then there's a long string in it, and what do I do with this? Where does it go? We've got to hide all of that and, and just make it so. When I send you an email, Matt, I don't go, well, is it going via SMTP, Matt? Do you use an exchange server? How do I get to you? Put no. port 80, port 443. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> None of that is needed, right? So that complexity has to be hidden uh, and that's happening. Uh, and then it has to be built into apps like Fountain have done a great job of doing that. Uh, Podverse has done a job of doing that. Um, there's others who are coming up with it. So that's great. Um, when we get all of that sort of second nature built in, then I think what will happen is, yeah, as a podcast creator, it's lovely to see streaming sats. So um, how many people are paying me per minute of listening or boosting me at a specific point and telling me that, you know, whatever I said at that point was a great and here's my feedback. I say that there's four things missing within podcasting. The one is discovery. That's that's certainly word of mouth today is the best. But we, you know, we can have better search engines, um, better use of categories. So why can't I search by Matt Medeiros? Why, why do I have to search by the name of your podcast? Um, why can't I search by your location? Why can't I search by keyword? So those should happen interactivity that needs to happen like boostergrams is one thing but creating clips uh, sharing that making it so that you know my mates can go oh, you know what matt said at minute 10 that's what i want to clip up and send and you know use that and then monetization and yeah monetization look what would you prefer matt would you prefer at the end of this uh that i gave you a clap and a heart and a like and a thumb up or would you prefer a thousand sats or ten thousand sats right yeah so we geeks have, you know, been playing in the, the sandpit and trying to make it work and fixing some of the rough edges. As I said, I think 2023, we will see it becoming more mainstream. I'm fingers crossed that, uh, you know, that actually Elon goes, yeah, one of the ways of making Twitter much more valuable is to turn on digital wallets and that vocabulary then becomes common fare. And we as podcasters, hopefully, will gain from that you know, reflected glow from that where people go, oh, yeah, I've got a wallet. I know what a sat is. Oh, you want me to pay you some sats? Yeah, there you go, mate. And that's what I think. So it's coming. Hold your horses, but we are getting there. 
Awesome stuff. Sam Sethi, uh, where can folks find you now? I mean, obviously every week at Pod News Weekly, uh, you know, same great voice, same great discussion, just uh, painted in red now. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about your new podcast? Where else can folks connect with you? So uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Sam Talks Tech, uh, and I'll be posting up there. So some of my guests coming up, I've got Kara Swisher, Jason Calacanis, uh, I've got Dave Weiner. So some really interesting guests. We've just finished an interview with three really interesting VCs who are putting money into Satoshi-based businesses. So we're going to be talking about what they see as the place to put your money in. So some great guests So at Sam Talks Tech. And of course, if you need to get hold of us, it's uh, at Pod News. Uh, and then you'll be able to find us there, of course. So yeah, at Sam Talks Tech and uh, at Pod News. Hey there, listener, it's Matt. Before you go, I want to offer you, the aspiring podcaster, two special items. Number one, if you haven't started a podcast yet or you want to find a better podcast hosting company, start here at Castos. Use our coupon code AUDIENCE20, that's AUDIENCE20, when you sign up for a new account at castos.com. Start a podcast like the one you just heard or about gluten-free muffins, whatever it is, will help you get your podcast out into the world. Number two. Did you know that our Academy is free? Enroll today for free at academy.castos.com. Get access to our courses, videos, and templates all for free. Thanks for listening to the audience podcast today. We hope we're helping you become a better podcaster. All that's left for you to do is share this episode on social media. Bye for now. And now this week's podcasting tip. Hi, it's uh, Sam Sethi here from Pod News. My one advice or tip, create a script. Know in advance some structure of what you're going to do. Don't go blind into your interview. Always research who you're going to be speaking to. Try and make the questions not so obvious so it's interesting to your guest. And at the same time, have some structure to your interview technique because it will come across better in the end edit. Even if you use Descript and DMM, it will be better when you structure it. Audience is a Castos original series created entirely by our in-house production team. Our executive producers are Craig Hewitt and Matt Medeiros. Production assistance is provided by Esel Brill, Jocelyn DeVore, and Marnie Hills. Cover art and website design is by Francois Brill. This episode was hosted by Matt Medeiros and was edited and produced by me. I'm Stuart Barefoot. You can listen to full episodes at audiencepodcast.fm or anywhere they have podcasts.